The Mueller team has a new strategy. This is serious. They're going to examine Trump's past tweets against Comey and Sessions, looking through his tweets to find obstruction of justice. This is it. They finally found obstruction. Trump's tweet, tweets, which have been seen by 50 million people, and they're going to find some kind of hidden obstruction that was missed by 50 million people. What do you think? He used some kind of like secret code in his tweets. Wow, we've nailed him this time. How did everyone miss this? He's been obstructing justice all along, right under our noses. That Trump is so clever. He thinks he can commit an impeachable offense right there in, in his tweets on Twitter. You know, $20 million in taxpayer dollars. And this is where we are right now. I mean, I feel like I'm reading satire when I read this stuff. I feel like it's making fun of the mother team. Only it's coming from them. This is how Iran and Pakistan build obstruction cases is they read your tweets in court and then they just send it to you to prison. By the way, the Mueller team also has found old videos of Trump putting a dollar into a vending machine. Two candy bars came out, but he never paid the second dollar. And they're trying to determine if having glow-in-the-dark hair is an impeachable offense. By the way, even if this story is accurate, why is it suddenly happening now? It came out Thursday. Where's the timing? Right before the big news about the GDP, which we're going to get to coming up, Mueller feeds the mainstream media. He feeds them these generic stories, and he tells them, here, print it when you want to. He's desperate to stay relevant because he's under a ton of pressure to either charge Trump or close up shop and just head home and just end this whole thing. So the media, they're willing to preempt the big positive news about Trump with negative stories like this. And Mueller does it because he gets the PR. That's the timing, you know, but Mueller could end up looking so silly when this thing is all said and done. And by the way, how desperate does this sound? They're actually admitting that they're going to be looking through old tweets to try to build an obstruction case. All right. Breaking news. Today, Sunday, Trump tweeted that he is willing to shut down the government. Oh, maybe there's obstruction in this tweet. Look out. He's willing to shut down the government if he does not get funding for the wall in September. And good for him. You have Ryan and McConnell at the end of the week before the House went on their recess. Senate's still in session. And they both said that they're willing to push off wall funding, not get into a fight with the Democrats, and not risk shutting down the government. Now, how long is this going to continue? March 2017, over a year ago, they promised Trump, just wait, just wait until September. We'll give you the funding in September. And then never came. Then they said, all right, just a few more months. We got to get through this. The Democrats are stopping us. And they just keep toying with Trump, stringing him along and refusing to fund the wall. I don't even know if they're trying to sabotage him. You know, he's been so successful, they'd have to be nuts. But the, the Republicans have such a tough time getting anything passed that they're just so desperate to avoid any kind of fight with the Democrats. But they owe this to Trump. They owe this to the American people. Trump has done more for the Republican Party and the country, by the way, by himself than all other Republicans in Washington combined. And here's the amazing part. McConnell and Ryan, they're so terrified of a government shutdown because they think that it'll mess up the midterms if there's a government shutdown. The, the people will be so, Republicans, Democrats, they'll all be so upset and so outraged at the government. And what they don't realize is not having the wall that Trump promised and that the American people have been asking for, that would be so much more damaging to the midterms, to the Republicans. I predict a Republican bloodbath in November if they don't fund a wall. And yet somehow they don't see it this way. By the way, an amazing quote from the Hill. Here's the quote. Congress has until September 30th to pass funding legislation and avoid the third shutdown of the year. Third shutdown. Now you ask yourself, 
There have been two shutdowns already this year. They avoid shutdowns like the plague. There was one shutdown, I believe, in January. It was over a weekend. They shut it down late Friday night. They ended up cutting a deal by Monday. It was a publicity stunt. But yes, technically, it was a shutdown. I guess there were no national parks for a couple of days. But the other shutdown was not a shutdown. It was a technicality. Rand Paul had the ability, when they were voting on a new budget, he was against it. He always is because way too much spending, $1.3 trillion. So, so Rand Paul exercised this loophole that he had, a technicality where he could actually shut down the government from midnight to like 1.45 a.m. For like less than two hours, the government was technically shut down. It wasn't really shut down. It was just some kind of, as I said, technical loophole. It didn't affect a thing. Government shut down, shuts down every night at 5 p.m. So what the, the, the Hill, it's so disingenuous. It's third shutdown of the year. They're trying to make the Republicans look bad. All right, follow us on Twitter at The Politics Zone. At The Politics Zone, we'll send you politics updates throughout the day. And you can also text follow at symbol The Politics Zone. Text 40404. That's the Twitter number. Big news on Friday, as we mentioned, GDP growth for the second quarter is 4.1%. This is the fastest growth since 2014, and it's Obama. It's all Obama, nothing to do with Trump's policies, one after the next, strategically designed to make the economy skyrocket, but it's all Obama. The experts predicted, Paul Krugman of the New York Times, the economics expert, predicted a global recession the day after Election Day, November 9th, 2016. He says there's going to be a global recession. Gee whiz. Now, here's the amazing thing. How does anybody, how does any liberal think that Trump's policies are bad for the economy? I understand if you tell me you think he's bad for the environment or even if you think that he's bad for low-income people and he's just helping the rich. But, I mean, even to tell me he's bad for middle class, hello, how clueless can they be? He's removed, he eliminated tons of environmental restrictions that, that Obama placed on companies which are handcuffing and strangling companies. He, re- he, he eliminated tons of lending restrictions on banks. These banks could not finance new companies, startups, help other companies, help people you know, try to invest and make money, help entrepreneurs. He slashed taxes on corporations almost in half, and he brought tons of companies back to America and created millions of jobs. How can you possibly think that that's bad for the economy? Hello. I mean, they're so caught up in their ideology, these Democrats, these liberals, these radicals, that they don't see how bad they are for the economy. Obama restricting these companies, basically forcing them to have to comply. They, they had to shut down, stop hiring people because of methane emissions, all sorts of environmental restrictions, pollution, everything else. So they somehow think restricting methane emissions and higher taxes are good for the economy? I mean, it's like such a head-scratcher here. You know, tell me Trump is wrecking the environment. By the way, even to suggest he's bad for minorities and low-income people is not true. He's the best thing that ever happened to blacks. Black and Hispanic unemployment, we've told you, is had a historic low, lowest that it has ever been. And Trump's policies are showing all these minorities, all these low-income people, that yes, indeed, there is hope. That yes, indeed, they can step up, take responsibility, work for a living, earn some money, feed their families, move up the ladder, the corporate ladder. That's what he's showing them. See, their own leaders, the Democrats, all they reinforce to them is, your life is hopeless. You're never going to amount to anything. Don't take responsibility. Throw it all on the government. Live off of government programs. Don't ever dare work. Just be lazy. Be lazy. Don't you dare work because the minute you work, you're going to lose access to government programs. That's the message. And they live a life of despair and hopelessness. It's, it's quite simple. And yet Trump is showing them, yes, you actually can succeed. You can achieve. You can be as tough as the white man that you think is 
persecuting you, you think has been oppressing you all these years, you think you're still back in the slavery mindset of the 1850s, and Trump is giving the black people more hope, more potential, more uh, capabilities than they have ever had in their lifetimes. All right, Jeff Sessions finally speaks out about Rod Rosenstein, after all these months, just Jeff, first Jeff Sessions still exists. That's nothing. He hasn't been abducted by Martians. And here's what he said. He spoke in support of Rod Rosenstein. Unbelievable. Quote, my deputy Rod Rosenstein is highly capable, he said. He was in Boston. I have the highest confidence in him. You probably know not only did he go to the Wharton School of Business, but he graduated from Harvard right here in this area in Boston. Well, whoopee-doo. Okay. Rod Rosenstein went to Warden and graduated from Harvard, so he must be great. I mean, that's all it takes, right? Never mind the fact that he's been stonewalling and obstructing the congressional investigation. Never mind the fact that he's overseen the DOJ at perhaps the ugliest period in its entire history. And he's good buddies with Peter Strzok and Lisa Page who were sabotaging and undermined President Trump. He told Trump to fire James Comey. And then a few days later, later he appointed Bob Mueller to investigate whether firing Comey, which Rosenstein said to do, is obstruction. And on and on, we told you at length, ad infinitum, ad nauseum, all the things that Rosenstein has done. But apparently, he has Jeff Sessions' support. Well, great. Wow. I mean, I'm just sitting here asking myself, you know, Rod Rosenstein, he is not complying. These conservatives in Congress, by the way, they scrapped plans to impeach Rosenstein exactly as we told you they would because they got too much resistant, resistance from the moderate Republicans and Paul Ryan. And, you know, amazing. Rod Rosenstein has done everything good to undermine Trump, including announcing the indictment against, against the Russian, coincidentally, two days, three days before Helsinki. And yet he has session support. It just boggles the mind. Now, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the 28-year-old socialist running for Congress in New York who unseated uh, veteran Joe Crowley. She, has, she botched another question. They asked her how she's going to fund Medicaid for all. She's in support of uh, Bernie Sanders' Medicaid for all socialist health care plan. And they said, well, how are you going to fund this thing? And she said, well... People will pay their fair share. And corporations, we just have to reverse the tax bill. We just have to repeal the Trump tax bill that and raise the corporate tax to 28%. And we close some loopholes and boom, we're going to have $2 trillion. We will have $2 trillion more of revenue to fund Medicare for all. Now, $2 trillion, that's over 10 years. The problem is the most conservative estimate is Medicare for all will cost $14 trillion in two years. $14 trillion, but Ocasio-Cortez has it all figured out by make managing to increase revenue by $2 trillion in 10 years. So her math is a little bit off. We told you she botched other things too. She was at a rally and talk, talked about making Missouri from a blue state to a red state. She got her colors mixed up. She wants it to be a blue state. Red state would mean that it's Republican. You know, and we and we told you, you know, how she just started to like stammer away when they asked her what she meant by the Israelis occupying Palestine. She talked about how the Palestinians have a tough time getting back home, wherever that is. And uh, she had no idea. Oh, I'm not exactly an expert on geopolitical. I mean, you're not an expert on geopolitical. You, she actually majored, I'm told, in political science, by the way. But, you know, just we told you that this would keep happening. The more exposure she gets, if I'm her, just sit at home and don't do any more interviews. Every time she does an interview, she just digs the deeper hole and just sticks her foot deeper and deeper into her mouth. She's not going to be able to yank the foot out of her mouth pretty soon. All right, Disney now says they're going to ban plastic straws. McDonald's has said 
They're going to ban plastic straws. Plastic straws is the new enemy. Forget Vladimir Putin. Forget Bob Mueller. You know, plastic straws. This is now the new trend is to ban plastic straws. And you say goodbye. I wonder if in a few years we're going to even know what plastic straws are. But here's what's amazing is... This benefits companies financially. You know, I love it when they do things that are ostensibly for the environment, and yet they themselves benefit because they're going to have to spend less money on plastic straws. You know, why don't they do something that actually takes a hit for their profits? You know, that hurts them. Make the lids. The lids are made out of plastic. Make lids out of paper. See, that would cost them more money. You know, Starbucks sells packaged coffee. Last time I checked, those bags are made of plastic. Why not put those in paper bags? Be more environmentally friendly, perhaps because it would cost them more money. I hate to be cynical. You know, straws are actually a tiny, tiny fraction. I mean, a minuscule fraction of global waste. There are so many other products that are so much more damaging if you believe that this stuff damages the environment, you know, but again, I, I, I'm always cynical when companies do things that somehow benefit themselves and claim that they're doing it to help society. All right. Uh, amazing news. Ob amazing in a bad way. Obama actually funded uh, a, a group with Al-Qaeda Al ties. $200,000. There was a grant to a, to a group in Sudan. And uh, this group, this Islamic group, this Islamic relief group was actually designated way back in 2004, designated as a state, as a sponsor of terror, a group that sponsors terror. It had ties to Al Qaeda in Sudan and, uh, Obama gave them $200,000 supposedly for some kind of like humanitarian relief, you know, and he was told Obama, the administration was warned. This story just broke recently, a couple of days ago, Obama was warned this group funds al-Qaeda and he said well we have to give them the money apparently it would have looked bad it would have been bad publicity uh for u.s aid which was the group that it was that this money was funneled through it would have made the the basically the government giving and and the uh group giving this humanitarian relief aid look bad if they had stopped the money it would have made them look like they're not giving humanitarian relief so they knowingly gave $200,000 or at least 115000 of it uh, to this group knowing that it was going to end up in the hands of terrorists. But we know Obama, he had this issue with funding terror, right? He helped Hezbollah, as you know, uh, as a way of getting Iran uh, to agree to the nuclear deal. He had to get Iran to agree. And in addition to giving Iran billions of dollars, he also helped Hezbollah. He let ISIS run wild. You know, he helped a lot of terror groups. Right? Fighting terror, just that just wasn't Obama's thing. All right. Anti-Semitism is out of control in France. There's a big story you know, about how Jews can walk through certain areas and actually be spit in there if they're wearing anything that shows that they're Jewish. People will actually spit on them. And uh, this, of course, is, is, is because of the enormous growth of the Muslim population in France. Now, listen to these shocking numbers. Nearly 40% of violent acts that are racially or religiously motivated in France in 2017 were committed against Jews. Nearly 40%, almost half of the racially or religiously motivated, basically hate crimes, happened against Jews last year, 2017. Jews make up less than 1% of France's entire population. How shocking, how outrageous is that? An anti-Semitic act in increased 20% from 2016 to 2017. Now, a few years ago, France made it almost impossible to keep track of which groups are responsible for which hate crime. So in other words, technically, they can't prove how outrageous is that, that Muslims are the ones committing the hate crimes because it, it could be other people and they don't track it. They don't. They, amazingly, I mean, just shockingly, uh, France 
for whatever reason, refuses to track which groups committed hate crimes. So they don't know for sure, but it's clearly, I mean, hello, and, and uh, we don't have to, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. And the Muslim population in France and in Europe just continues to boom. I mean, continues to just grow out of control, rage out of control. Part of that is Syrian refugees and their ridiculous uh, open borders policies that they have over there. But, uh, you know, a lot of Jews are leaving certain parts of the city and they're going into suburbs, you know, which are uh, hopefully safer. And, of course, many, many Jews are fleeing France and moving to Israel and other places. All right. Uh, finally, uh, there's a report that Michael Cohn, president's lawyer, former lawyer, Michael Cohn, not only has turned on Trump, he's given over tapes and apparently he's totally cooperating uh, with the government against President Trump. But there's a report that Michael Cohn claims that Trump knew about the meeting, the infamous meeting in Trump Tower between Don Jr. and the Russian lawyer who supposedly offered him dirt. Oh, well, I guess there was an email about it, but she, she claimed to have dirt on Hillary and uh, they claim that she had ties to Vladimir Putin or the Kremlin, although that's completely unsubstantiated. Uh, either way, we don't know whether Trump, President Trump knew about this or not. The amazing thing about this is that it doesn't matter. There's nothing illegal about meeting with somebody to find the dirt on Hillary. In fact, uh, there's nothing illegal if they had even gotten the dirt and even if they had compensated this lawyer for the, for, for the dirt. There's no crime. Now, it turns out. The whole thing was just a big sham. She just wanted a meeting to discuss some kind of adoption law uh, for some client, some big, some high-level oligarch client of hers. She didn't have any dirt on Hillary Clinton, as it turns out. But even if she did, what's illegal about that? There's no collusion there. In fact, I would argue that Don Jr. had an obligation, a responsibility to the American people. If there was something about Hillary that was potentially traitorous to the country, like, for example, having illegal email servers when she was Secretary of State, or, for example, being involved in giving Vladimir Putin control over most of the country's uranium. Talk about collusion. Yet they didn't have any of that dirt, but even if they had, so now the report is, well, President Trump knew about it, candidate Trump at the time, and he okayed it and he authorized it. Trump is saying that that's not true, and I believe him because Michael Cohn has every reason to lie about this because he's in so much hot water legally that he'll do anything he can, and he'll create and compose. He won't just sing. He'll compose whatever he needs to in order to uh, try to avoid, uh, you know, Bob Mueller prosecuting him. You know, so who knows if he's telling the truth. But like I said, even if he is, I really don't see how it affects Trump in any way. All right. Fun show today. That's going to do it for today. And uh, we will see you next time. My name is Yaakov M.